All right. All right. You already know what it is, fellas. You know what time it is. And it is time for the mandated podcast show. And you know who I am, Selwyn Robbins, your host, your faithful host, coming with excitement each time that we speak, that we're building uh, each other up. And I hope that you've been uh, receiving something that nurtures you for the particular time uh, that you're in, a place you may be or where you may be going. Um, I hope that you're, you're hearing something uh, that resonates well with you. And I'm excited as always, but I'm excited about what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, but before any of that, of course, you know, I just want to check in and see how you guys are doing. You know, there's so much that has been going on here within the past, uh, of course, the past was it September now, nine months, but even more recent within the past two specific to COVID and, um, the death toll, the vaccines and the boosters now, in addition to uh, the variant, we have two variants, if I'm correct, the Delta and the Mu variant, I believe is the most recent one. Uh, so, you know, all this stuff is weighing on the citizens of the United States of America and abroad as well. Um, so, you know, fellas, I know you're trying to at times just decompress and deconnect from everything that's going on. You know, I don't even watch the news for the most part because um, I, I, I just think, you know, it becomes depressing at some point, you know, and that used to be me some years ago that um, unfortunately, you know, there was so much murder, so much death happening and it was being reported that I had to shut the news off um, and no longer watch it really. And that's not to say every last segment of the news um, show is like that. It's, it just becomes weighted on me. So um, I try to find my sources elsewhere. But nonetheless, guys, I know you feel a burden just as well uh, from everything that's going on. And I hope that you are finding a place, a safe place that you can handle it. And, you know, if we don't, we tend to end up having to deal with our mental space and um, in the sense that we're not as strong as we used to be or not balanced or not focused. And I want to speak on that real quick, that our mental space is so key for everything that we have in our hand. You know, first and foremost, you know, they tell you that when you're on a flight and in case of emergency and the uh, air mask drop down from the ceiling, you need to put yours on first before you can help somebody else, you know, whether it's a family member or uh, just the person seated next to you. And that goes just along with what I'm saying regarding the mental space. You can't help anybody if you can't help yourself. And I, I don't want you to feel that you still can't reach out to try to help people. But for the most part, you need to get yourself together. Um, because guys, you know, the weight is so heavy seen and unseen. So how do you work in the space regarding reality when you have to deal with the space that's in your mind? So, um, a few things I suggest, I, I will always suggest prayer, uh, first and foremost. Um, I know everybody may not uh, be in line with that and that is fine. Um, prayer, I, I love to and my wife loves to just take time to sit down, decompress and meditate on God and his good mercy and his good pleasure, um, his love for me and my wife and all of us, actually. Uh, if not uh, prayer, you know, also meditation. There are people that meditate just as well. Um, 
you have an outlet. It could be sports. Another thing I like to do is play golf every now and then. I am not uh, the best. I'm still trying to break under 90 <laughs> as my handicap. Um, so, you know, that I'm not even a weekend golfer. I'm probably a seasonal golfer, if anything. Um, but that's another escape, whatever sports outlet you may have. Um, it may be arts and craft. It may be uh, taking a ride in your vehicle. Uh, I think that's great. My wife and I, we love at times to just get in a vehicle and probably just travel in any direction for a few hours, you know, and turn back. It's just about getting away from um, what is happening in life. You know, life is still going to go on no matter where we are, no matter what state of being we're in. Life is still going to continue. So nonetheless, guys, I need you to be strong because yourself is very important you're counting you're being counted on uh by many people that you may not know you know i'll say it this way you know just as you go to work people um may love to know that you're coming in that day because you bring such a change in the presence the atmosphere there and when you don't show up in your right mind space it kind of throws everybody off you know and they'll be asking you know are you all right what's wrong um because they're not used to seeing you um, in that light, but your light is honest of where you are, but nonetheless, continue to take care of yourself, guys. One thing I do not advocate is to drink excessively, fall into a life that uh, is part of drugs as you're using it as an escape to decompress. You're using pornography as a way to escape and decompress, um, abusing yourself in any other way. You know, that goes a little bit deeper, um, but those are not avenues I feel you should take in order to deal with life. And by all means, I would love for you to reach out to me um, via email uh, here online. You can find my information there um, because I, I want you to be the better version of yourself. And when I say that, it's not that you are bad. It's not that you're necessarily in a life of sin. It's just that you may need a little push, a little, a little support. Um, a word of encouragement, someone to just check in on you. And I'm willing to do that. I, I love uh, to listen. I love to listen. And many times as I found within myself that listening goes a long way um, because then it's because listening allows a person to release what's going on with them. And when they do so, they tend to feel the weight then lifted off of their shoulder. And it's not the thing that they needed an answer on. It's just that they really needed to release that pressure that was on them. So nonetheless, guys, let's check into our headspace this week and once again, make it the best week. All right. So when we come back, I'm going to talk about uh, we're actually going to go into the Bible, a particular character that we'll discuss over the next coming weeks that um, I believe, of course, can tie into any man and uh, his role is very important to those that he's been sent to and those that are around him. So we'll be right back, guys, and look forward to talking about this. All right. All right. We're back from break and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> All right. So the uh, Bible study that we're actually going through right now, myself and a few other guys, which we started last Monday and we'll be continuing again uh, later tonight at 6 p.m. Um, story of a character, a prophet in the Old Testament that is very reluctant to do the will of God. And, you know, it just 
ties into how we can be as men, um, not really wanting to do the things we're supposed to do uh, because we're not in the right mind space, head space, the right emotion, um, or we just be flat out rebelling, <laughs> you know, being stubborn because of who we are, that that's just our makeup. And, you know, as, as I said before, there's a lot that depends on where we are mentally. So with our study today that we'll discuss, I want you to just keep in mind how you would react and just being honest, how you would react when God uh, gives a command, when he speaks your name and gives you a direction. All right. Okay, so the story we're going to speak about or the character we're going to dive into um, is Jonah. And you probably already know. And the first thing that probably comes to your mind when you hear Jonah is Jonah and the whale being in his belly uh, for three days. Right. But that's really not where we're going to begin. We're just honestly going to begin on the first three verses. It's um, Jonah one, one through three. And it says, now the word of the Lord came up to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah, listen to this, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. All right. There's a lot in there already, um, and I want to make sure that we explore it as best as we can. Of course, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to move upon this word is anything that we read that is of God. We want to fully comprehend and receive revelation for ourselves and how it impacts us and how we can imply, apply it to our life. And I encourage you that anytime you're reading the word, if you haven't already, ask that one question, Lord, what is it that you want me to see? Or in this way, fashion, uh, what do you want to reveal to me? And, you know, when it comes to reading God's word, repetition is very key, you know, because, um, you know, there every year there's a, a, a yearly Bible reading plan, right? So in essence, every year, 12 months out of the year, you should be reading your Bible uh, according to a plan to get through it. But then you come back the next year reading the Bible uh, once again. And as you do so, you're of course, you're building up the word in you. At the same time, you're getting more and more revelation for application. And I have notes in here that I've written maybe last year, if not year before. But as we're going through this Bible study together, you know, reading beforehand, I find more revelation. And the Bible study we're following, of course, is Jonah, but it's being presented by Eric Mason on Right Now Media. Um, so, guys, if you um, if your church has a connection with Right Now Media, I encourage you to sign up and um download these particular uh, studies. They're a very great tool to help you follow along with what um, 
what the Bible is saying. Uh, I think it's always great that we have someone to teach us. You know, that's why we have teachers and preachers uh, to help us understand, to comprehend the word. You know, just like when the Ethiopian of um, the the eunuch of Candace, Queen Candace, was heading back home and he ran across, um, I believe, God, who was the, the servant he ran across? Was it Paul? I can't even remember. Don't get me lying. But he ran up to him. And the first thing uh, he said, you know, he asked him what he was reading. And he says, you know, what he's reading, but how can I read unless someone teaches me? And that is so key. He was humble enough to say, I don't know what it's really saying. I'm reading it, but I don't understand. So can you help me find direction in this word? And that's what we do together as men, as women, any kind of Bible study group you have. You're coming to one another, not with all the answer answers, but you're coming together so that each of you can be fed by one another. And that's what I hope you'll get from this. So, all right, as we go to the scripture, it says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for the wickedness of the people have come up to me. Um, first and foremost, what is so important about recognizing the voice of God. And it's so funny that I'm saying this because before I began recording, I was actually watching a video of one pastor. In essence, he was kind of criticizing other ministers, well-known ministers about that still small voice of God, or how do you correctly hear God's voice? Um, I'm going to just tell you, I really don't know. I tried to be open as in the sense of my spiritual eyes and ears in reading a scripture to see where that is going to apply. Because, you know, anytime we are in communion with God, he wants to reveal something to us. And that's what I want to see is, God, where are you? Show me what you are doing. Um, that may not necessarily be a voice, but that's his eyes. That's his work. And I want to uh, be drawn to it. And, you know, we have to be able to, how do I want to say, come out of self in order to see these things. And so what do I mean? Um, as, oh my God, this is so, so key that even at work, you can see God working. And I pray you see God working or showing you something that you can be a part of. Um, oh my God. It's the thing of, let's say, at work, while you're at work, mind you, you're listening. And it's so it's so key for you to be quiet more than speaking. What do I mean? I, I mean that many times you need to sit and be still and listen to your surroundings. By doing so, you can then hear the needs of the people that you work with, right? That's seeing and hearing God, and in, in my opinion. And what it is is that there are, I'll tell you now, for people, some of the guys that in my job, they come to work and they really don't have a meal, right? They, um, they go to a snack machine most of the days or they bring in uh, fast food. And I don't think many people, rec I want to say many people recognize that. I mean, because it's obvious, it's physical, you can see it, it's part of your reality. But I don't think anybody has really said, okay, I've been noticing this about this certain guy. Let me bring an extra meal 
so that this person doesn't have to waste money on junk food that is not really going to benefit their body by me bringing an extra meal i am then showing or you are showing the love of god toward another person that's seeing the work of god through you you know many times we we pray god do work through me do work through me let me be open and susceptible for what it is and we shut ourselves down after that prayer because we say it so shallow in such a shallow way meaning it's not even tied to our heart we're just speaking to speak right but when it comes from our connection with him it allows us to keep our eyes and ears open for the opportunity to show his compassion and here for Jonah, the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise and go, arise and go, arise and go, right? Go where? To Nineveh. So Nineveh is a place at this time is, I want to say is very industrious. You know, it's very wealthy. Um, you know, it, it's a place, a support of trade, you know, so any place that trades, you know, there's so many goods and customs and um, coming into that area, that vicinity, that um, it's going to bring a lot of people. It's going to bring a lot of spices, bring a lot of food, a lot of um, uh, fabric, you know, that was so big at the time as well. Um, at the same time, it's going to bring different beliefs. And that was the thing about Nineveh. Nineveh, I want to say at the time, was under the rule of Oh, Shinareb, if I'm saying it correctly. Um, and at that time, they were serving the God of Ishtar, which was a God that is various names through various cultures. But the belief is that Ishtar was the God of war and the God of uh, sex. And so this is a very idolatrous city. But yet God said to arise, get up and go. And one of the gentlemen in our Bible studies last week mentioned that this at the same time, Nineveh in this time was very cruel in punishing people. Uh, they were very brutal. And he, he made a great point in saying, I can understand why Jonah didn't want to go. It's because of how they were brutalizing the citizens of Nineveh. So what's uh, Jonah's reaction? What's your reaction when God tells you to arise and go to a place that you don't want to go? You know that if you set foot on that land, that you may not come out alive. You know that if you set foot on that land, they may stone you. You know that if you set foot on that land, they may not even receive the word that God gave you. So he departs and heads down to Joppa because he said, you know what, Lord, I know what you told me. I ain't doing it. I'm just not going to do it. That's what he's saying. This is his rebellious nature. Now, mind you, this is a prophet of God. This is showing that he has this. Oh, my God, I'm trying not to get tongue tied. The prophet, the spiritual aspect of him is hearing God, but yet the carnal, the flesh is hearing get up and go away right now mind you he said I, i'm going to go down to joppa and i'm gonna pay a fare to tarshish now let me give you the mindset of this man his headspace 
he has already said by his actions, because his words didn't say that, by his actions that he's not going to follow God's word. His mind space says, I'm not going to follow God's word, and I'm going to even add to it by going down and paying a fare. Let's, let's put that a pin on that right there. Let me stop right there. He's going to pay a fare, a fee, a certain rate to get away from God. How many times have you paid a fee, a price, so that you can get away from God? Let, let me apply this here. When was the last time you noticed God was asking you to do something and you said no and you decided to go do your own thing and you end up having to pay a price when God was just telling you to go? He had you covered. But yet you had to incur a cost in order to flee. That, that's already a bad sign as it is, right? Let's think about that. that. Let's fester on that for a minute there. So then he, okay, so he pays the fee, the fare to get away, to go to Tarshish. Okay, now let's talk about vicinity or location. He's in Joppa. He's told to go to Nineveh, but he wants to go to Tarshish. So think of, in essence, a upside down triangle. Joppa is that the point that's in the middle. To the right side is Nineveh, and to the left is Tarshish. However, on that right side where Nineveh is, it's only 600 miles from Joppa. So that, that's a pretty short distance. Compared to the 2,200 miles, get that, the 2,200 miles it takes to go to Tarshish. How bad is it that you want to pay a fee and more than triple the distance to get away from God? When all you had to do was just listen to his word, trust and believe that he had your fare covered. But that's how we tend to be, whether we're prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, um, or teachers, I, I hope I got all five of those right. Prophets, evangelists, apostles. That's it. That's the fifth one there. Um, no matter your title, no matter your position or role, we tend to incur more cost when we hear the word of God telling us to do something. The Bible says, harden not your heart when you hear my voice. That's what Jonah represents here, that he is that rock in his mind that he's not going to move unless he wants to move. That's not being malleable. That's not being open to what God wants to do um, in our lives as called people. What's the, what's, what's the use of God um, establishing you as a prophet or any part of the fivefold or even a minister if you're not going to do his will? Why did you accept it? But I, I now have to ask this as I'm continue to think about this. Has this always been Jonah's issue? Has he always been very reluctant in listening to God? Or excuse me, not listening to God, but following God. 
Because he obviously hears them, right? But on the same hand, or on the other hand, he obviously knows he wants to go his own way. Come on, fellas. You know, there's too much depending on us for us, for, um, for us to just be going our own way, flying by the seat of our pants, taking exits off of the main road when we should still be on that same path. You know how many detours? Oh, let me put it this way. From today going back, let's say to your, your teenage years, can you think about how many detours you have made in your life? For instance, you know, you're driving on the um, on the interstate, the highway, and you tend to see all the red lights from the cars ahead of you. So that indicates that more than likely there's some kind of uh, hindrance, there's traffic ahead. So what do you do? You make a beeline for the first exit so you can bypass the traffic. Right. That's our tendency. But when you make that that detour, you then look over to the highway where you were supposed to be and realized there wasn't even an issue. People were just slowing down. That's all it was. There wasn't no, no, uh, no wreck. There wasn't any kind of onlookers, nothing like that. It was just a slow area. But then because you're on the, uh, on the off-road, on the frontage road, you can't get back on the highway now because you have to then go through what? A stoplight which now means you have to wait at least two minutes, two seconds before you can get back onto your journey. That two minutes and two seconds in life could have cost you the opportunity in meeting the right person. That event that you didn't want to go to because you just didn't feel like showing up could have cost you that connection to establish your business. That that decision, that two minutes and two seconds that you didn't want to follow God could have cost you meeting your spouse. Hmm. Ooh, I may have hit home on, on that with somebody. Guys, I, and before I end it, I just want to say this. When God is speaking... He's always speaking for a purpose. He's not speaking just to hear the sound of his voice. He's not revealing himself just to say, hey, look at me. He's not connecting with you just to be in vicinity. He's always making a move toward you for a greater purpose that is outside of you. The thing is, even though it's outside of you, he still got you in it, meaning you can do it. It's never of you. It's always of him because you don't have the strength. You don't have the capacity. You don't have the mindset for that. It's everything that he has given you from the day you said, Heavenly Father, I accept your son as my savior, my Lord Jesus Christ, that he had went up on the cross. He died and resurrected so that I may have life in heaven more abundantly. He did all of that for you to follow him. He never asked you to go to him. Uh, get up on a cross and he never will. He's just asked you to follow him and his word and see what he's doing. Guys, don't harden your heart when you hear the voice of God. Don't harden your heart when you see there's an opportunity to minister God's word. I, I know I'm speaking to myself right now. It takes um, a boldness in Christ because his word says that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. It's Jesus strengthening you you not doing it of yourself. Fellas, I, I know we build ourselves up to be strong, and that's good. But we need to be stronger 
in somebody else that's higher than us. Because if it's, if it's all relying on just who we are, it's always going to fail. All right, guys. Hey, this was the first uh, study insight into Jonah 1, 1 through 3. Next week when we come back, we're going to do verses 4 through 6. So by all means, go ahead and take your time and get some insight into it. And when I come back uh, next week, we'll uh, get into it. All right, guys. Love you. And I appreciate you giving me this time.